What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, Premier League Thursday. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Wise Money Sports, online wisemoneysports.com. If you want access to a private professional portfolio, uh, sports almost every single day of the week, check them out online, wisemoneysports.com, or on Twitter, at wisemoneysports. All right, so what we're going to do today, it is, of course, Premier League Thursday. No Premier League games this weekend. It is the international break, so there is no uh, club soccer this weekend. Uh, So what, what, what we'll do is take a snapshot on... Every Premier League team today, okay? So we're just going to kind of go through each team and let you know where they are right now. Now, the way we're going to do this, it's kind of a fun, unique way. Uh, Colin Cowherd is on Fox Sports Radio, and he does this uh, interesting game, so we're just kind of stealing this right from Colin Cowherd. It's called the three-word game. It's a great way to concisely get a point across, really for anything, three words for each Premier League team, and this kind of defines where they are at this point in the season. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it right now. And here's how we're going to go. We're going to go worst to first. So we'll start off with the number 20 overall team, the Watford Hornets. My three words for them, only winless team. Now, they, of course, got rid of their manager, Javi Garcia, bringing Quiche Flores, and well, that really hasn't done anything at all. They can't score. They obviously can't defend. They're just as bad at home as they are on the road, and I don't see it turning around anytime soon. I mean, look, I think Watford has the talent to be right around the middle of the pack. I have them right now 12th in my power rankings out of 20, but right now they have not won a game in the Premier League through eight matches, the only team to do so. Next, 19th, Norwich City. Need to adjust. I think Norwich City is being very stubborn right now. I mean, the style of soccer they played last year to get them elevated from the championship to the Premier League isn't working this season. Now, what a lot of teams will do, a.k.a. Aston Villa, Sheffield United, play a different style when they get to the Premier League. They're going to realize they can't just go all out, go gung-ho, and it's going to be successful. That's what Norwich likes to do. They like to pin their ears back and go. And that's gotten them into a lot of trouble. Most recently, last week at home, losing 5-1 to Aston Villa. So... Norwich has a long way to go, and to me, what they have to do to start getting wins, adjust the way they play. Stop being so stubborn. Everton is next. Where's the offense? They have six goals through eight games. That's the third worst in the Premier League. And similarly to Watford, Everton has talent. This is not a talent issue. You look up front, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, Alex Awobi. I mean, you're talking about a riches up front. The fact that Everton's not scoring says to me these guys aren't working well in the final third. Now, I know there's been some rumblings, new manager. I don't think that's the issue right now. I think that Everton starts to play better as we move through the season. But fans are hitting the panic button right now, and you understand why. They haven't looked good at all. Six goals through eight games, that's supposed to be one of their strengths. They're not scoring. Let's move on to the 16th team. Southampton, the Southampton Saints, withstanding the schedule. Southampton up to this point in the season, the hardest schedule in the Premier League. And you know what? They're showing up in tough games. So far through eight games, they've played Tottenham, Man U, Liverpool, and Chelsea. In those games, they lost to Tottenham, 2-1. They lost to Liverpool, 
2-1. They lost to Man, or excuse me, they drew Man U 1-1, and then last week they got beaten by Ch uh, a good Chelsea team, improving Chelsea team 4-1. But my point is, they've had the hardest schedule so far, and they're looking good in those games. I don't think they're a top six contender, certainly a top 10 contender. Southampton, right now, 16th in the table, expect that to rise next month. Next team, Newcastle. This ain't Villa. And that's implying that Steve Bruce is managing this team as if they're Aston Villa. You got a brand new skill set, brand new defensive. Look, the way that Newcastle's put together, they are constructed to play a defensive style, not a run and gun style. And so far, Steve Bruce seems like he's understanding that the last couple weeks, but they came out this season and they wanted to go. They have scaled it back and it's actually leading to more goals and more success. That's the key here. So a lot of times soccer is like the, you know, the Chinese finger trap. The harder and harder you pull, the harder it is to get your fingers out. Sometimes that's how it is on offense. The more you want to try and get down there and score a goal, the more desperate you are, the harder it often is to score. I mean, look at last week's Wolves-Man City game. You know, Wolves just sat back, didn't let Man City do anything, and then countered them for two goals throughout the game. That's often how you score in soccer. So they're playing different. Steve Bruce seems to be adapting, but... This is not Aston Villa. All right, let's move on to our next team, which coincidentally happens to be Aston Villa. That's the difference. And I'm referring to last week's 5-1 win over Norwich. Look, Norwich City is certainly on the you know, in contention to be relegated this year. Absolutely, okay? That's the difference last week between a Premier League team and a team that is flirting with relegation. Aston Villa is a real team. They've got depth. They didn't lose, you know, half their roster like sometimes happens when teams come into the Premier League. Um, but I think that if you look right now, across the league, they match up very well with teams right in the middle. Aston Villa, I don't expect to fall back into relegation contention. That's the difference last week between a real Premier League team and a pretender. Next is Brighton Hovalbia. Data isn't reliable. This Brighton team is very different than the one we've seen the last couple years. Under Chris Hewton the last few seasons, they played a very defensive style of soccer. Now, it's up-tempo, it's fun, it's, it's exciting to watch Brighton this year, but the data is not reliable. I haven't had a whole lot of bets on or against Brighton this year, and it's simply because of the, the variance I get when I plug in their, their, their numbers, it, it doesn't add up. Right? What we saw last year doesn't add up to this season. I think Brighton's actually, they've got a lot of upside. I, th I think the ceiling is higher than the floor is for them moving through the next month of the season. Right, More boom than bust. But right now, I just can't get a good grasp on who this team is because the data doesn't match how they're playing right now. Moving on to the 13th team in the table, Sheffield United. Adapt, defend, frustrate. This team does just that and they're right now doing pretty well in the Premier League they got promoted last season their only loss this season by more than one goal was by two goals against Everton every other loss this year has been only by one or they're winning handily now Sheffield United plays this pesky style to where they can hang around they kind of remind me of the Wolves last year they hang around they are I think they're gonna have pretty good results against the top six this season and they Adapt, meaning they're they're able to go on the road and play up tempo. They, they they can hold things back. They can scale back. They're one of the few teams that it doesn't matter if they have possession or not. So they're very adaptable. They frustrate you. They defend well. Sheffield United, just an overall good team who follows a very good defensive system. 
Number 12 in the table, Man United. Now, we've been talking about this all year, but my three words for Man U, nobody up front. This was an issue when Lukaku left mid-sea or in the transfer window. They didn't bring anybody else in. I understand they have some young talent, some young talented forwards, but it's just not enough to sustain a Premier League season. And you wonder, are they going to make any moves this, you know, that when the transfer window opens back up, what are they going to do to bring in a world-class striker? Because that, that's what they need, is they need someone to take them over the top. Not another young player to develop, you know, not another good 21-year-old. They need a world-class striker, but they're lost for this season. They're, you know, they're, they're struggling right now to score goals. They can't finish in the final third. They're 12th right now. They're not the 12th best team in the table, but it's going to be very tough for Man U to make the top four this year. Next team, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Somehow, they're 11th. I have not been a fan of the Wolves this year. Their data suggests they're one of the worst teams in the Premier League. I mean, I mean, they're you talk about a team that you think should be contending for relegation. That's the Wolves to me. I lost against them last week again, and, and frankly, that Man City two nothing win was so much more about the citizens, Man City, I should say, than it was about the Wolves. It's not like Wolverhampton played that well. We expected them to do. I mean, look. That came out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, and I don't think it sustains. I believe the Wolves go uh, on the road to Southampton the first game after the international break. Right now, I'm leaning with the Saints. I don't like the Wolves. Somehow, they've scrapped and clawed to 11th, but I don't, I don't think that keeps up this season. AFC Bournemouth, the 10th team right in the middle of the table. Wilson and Wilson. <laughs> Now, this is, of course, referring to Colin Wilson and Harry Wilson, the two scorers up front who have combined for eight of the 13 goals AFC has scored this year. Colin Wilson, always been one of my favorite strikers. And look, I don't like to play favorites. He's always been profitable, right? Be betting on him, either props or on AFC Bournemouth, he's always been very good. But the addition this year of Harry Wilson, who came over, over from a Derby County last year, that is the key that's making everything click up front. It allows Josh King to work better. It allows Nathan Ake to work better in the box. You're taking certain matchups away because, yes, Harry Wilson is good in the air and he can finish. So I think that you look at Harry Wilson, what he's done coming over. He's one of the biggest additions no one's talking about right now in the Premier League. Wilson and Wilson doing a very good job this year for AFC Bournemouth. Number nine may surprise you here. Tottenham is ranked ninth right now. Development is failing. And I could also say you know, with not following the three-word rule, you know, Tottenham's system is, is is failing them. They decided to go against the grain. What a lot of these teams do across the world, not just in England, if you are a top-four team and you're looking to get over the top to win your league that year, next year, whatever it is, you bring in talent, right? There's a reason PSG wanted to bring, you know, Neymar in, and, 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 and there's talks of... Of, of Messi going, you know, transferred every couple of years. And Ronaldo just went to Juventus. They're, because these teams want to add a world-class player to bring them over the top. It's Tottenham for the last couple of years. Their motto has been, we're going to develop. You know, I mean, they haven't made any major signings the last few years. And I still think Tottenham's a very talented team. I think Christian Eriksen is actually one of the most underrated players in the entire Premier League. Christian Eriksen is the best player on Tottenham. Everyone wants to talk about Harry Kane. It's not him. It's Eriksen, for sure. And you're talking about all-around players? Yes. Now, Harry Wilson, or, uh, Harry Wilson, Harry, uh, God, Harry Kane. Goodness gracious. Harry, Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> Harry Kane is a finisher. We all know him to score the goals, and they get all the headlines and attention. 
trust me, Christian Eriksen's the best player on that team. But my point is, they haven't done anything the last few years in the transfer window to add to the talent. And their development, I mean, I guess it's, you know, these players are getting a little bit better, but it's not turning into wins. It's not turning into points. Mauricio Pochettino a few weeks ago came out and said, no one's playing together on this team. You know, you got a bunch of individuals out there, which to me says the opposite. If you're looking to develop players and build the same group, you know, the same core, wouldn't you think that playing well together would be a byproduct of that instead of just randomly plugging and playing? Well, that's not the case at Tottenham. It's sour right now in the locker room. They're not getting results, and they can't. They have to throw their hands up. They can't do anything similarly to Man United right now. So Tottenham, I think that they will rise a little bit the next month or so. I still think they're a top-six contender, but their development is failing them. Number eight in the table, West Ham. Not this good. Now, I don't want to detract from how good West Ham has been, and I understand that me saying not this good does exactly the opposite of that, but if you look at every advanced analytic, I just don't get it. I mean, West Ham is, they're like, they were dead last in expected goals as of two weeks ago. They may have risen a few spots in the last few weeks, but still, they're probably in the, in the bottom five for expected goals. Uh, if you look at expected outcome of, of, of every game, it, it's all the expected stats, really. And a good uh, website for that, understat.com. Very good with expected goals. I trust their uh, their analytics there with, it, with the expectations. So I just don't see it keeping up. I mean, I'm a big believer that throughout the course of a season, 38 games, you're going to see these stats start, start to kind of play out and play true. They've only played eight games so far. And quick math here, eight games out of a 38-game season is about 21% of the year. Yeah, 21.5%. So we have a ways to go for these stats to play themselves out, and I think that West Ham will inevitably fall back. Now, I think they're right there in that 10, 11, 12 range, but they're not as good as the eighth overall best team in the Premier League. Number seven, Burnley. Absolutely no respect. Going into the season, Burnley was minus 200 not to be relegated. <laughs> that is insanely cheap for a team. And I submitted that to Wise Money Sports. I was telling everybody who would listen to take that bet. Burnley, I mean, you, you talk about a team that's that's underrated. I mean, between James uh, Tarkowski, uh, you got me on the back end. Ashley Barnes is finishing at an all-time pace this year. He's having a career year up front. And, um, oh, goodness, I always forget their coach's name. Let's see here. Sean Daichi. My goodness. I love Sean Daichi. I think he's a top five manager in the Premier League. Always gets the most out of his lineups. And they, it seems like week after week. I'm talking about this in hockey lately, that the window closes after the first like part of the season because the market catches up with these teams. The market's not adjusting at all for Burnley. Burnley gets no respect. They keep winning games, and we keep winning money on them. I mean, it's funny. If you follow any one portfolio or any one professional, sometimes you just get teams that they like to back, not because they're profitable, right? That's what the public does. Ah, I won with them last week. I get, I'll get them again this week. But simply, Burnley is mispriced. They're still not, not, not getting the respect they should in the market. And you look at who they've played. I mean, the one nothing win last week against Everton. Uh, they beat Norwich 2-0. They, they went and drew a tough Brighton team on the road. They took Liverpool to, it seemed, what was the brink. I mean, I think Burnley right now, yes, are they overperforming there where we expect them to be? Probably a little bit, but this is a good team. I think 
that they could finish in the top 10 right there between 6 and 10 this year. Burnley's very good. Good defense. One of the best defenses and best systems in all of uh, the Premier League. I love Burnley. They get no respect. And uh, we'll see what the lines come out or what the lines are for uh, the 19th. So obviously that'll be next week's uh, Premier League Thursday. But I'll tell you what. Something's leading me to believe no matter who they play, and it will be. Let's pull it up right here. They, it will be uh, Leicester City on the road. Good Leicester team. We'll have to look at that one. Maybe interesting. But I think Burnley right now certainly underrated. They're getting no respect. Huh, getting no respect. All right. Um, Crystal Palace. Trust the system. We just talked about how good uh, Sean Daichi is. Roy Hodgson is... I wouldn't put him top five in the Premier League, but this is a good coach. Underrated. Now, this is... a. a, a a system that really hasn't failed wherever Roy Hodgson has gone. And this year, Crystal Palace is finally gaining some momentum. Look, when Zaha didn't sign in the uh, transfer period, there was a bit of discontent. He didn't want to be on Crystal Palace. He just didn't. I mean, that's a fact. He was public about that. It was written about over and over. So it took him a little bit to kind of get rid of the sourness and to work his way into the season. I mean, sometimes you'd look and watch him, and he was going half speed out there. But he's improving. The team overall is improving. You talk about a great system, great defense. They've allowed eight goals through eight games, and four of them were against Tottenham. They're playing well. They're muddying games up, and they're finding ways to get points. Right now, they sit in sixth in the Premier League. They're probably not going to finish that high, but trusting this system, playing that style, very beneficial for Crystal Palace. Chelsea, number five, finally playing well. Frank Lampard came over this year, and it took them a while to get going. I mean, Chelsea was not a very good team to start the year, and they turned things around quickly. So they're playing well right now. They're finishing, I believe, in their last six games. They have one loss, and that was to tot or excuse me, to uh, Liverpool, two-one. And if you were watching that game, man, I had Liverpool in that game. I was sweating at the end. I mean, Chelsea did about everything you need to do to come back, and they just couldn't put it put their that final tying goal in. But Chelsea is a really good team, and they're finally playing like it. It didn't matter if they lost David Luiz to Arsenal. They're playing very good soccer, and I think they can finish in the top four this year. So they're finally playing well. They currently sit in fifth. This is a good team. Fourth in the table, Leicester. Yes, they can. And I'm talking about finish in the top six, which would mean they're playing European soccer next year. And for those who don't know, if you finish in the top four in the Premier League, you're guaranteed to go to the Champions League. And based on different rules, it usually works out. So almost every single year, the number five and six teams get an entrance to Europa League soccer. So if you finish in the top six, you'll be, you'll be playing uh, European soccer, kind of club European soccer next year. That's a huge accomplishment. I think Leicester City can and will finish in the top six. The whole question is, what's going to happen with Man U and how good can Chelsea be to maybe bump Leicester out of the top four spot? Because I think Liverpool, Man City certainly make the top four. And believe it or not, I think Arsenal, who we're going to get to, will end up there as well. So the question is that fourth spot. Chelsea probably going to get there. But if something happens, an injury, they start playing well or they start playing poorly after the Christmas break, something like that. Leicester, to me, would be that team that would fill in there. So they're very good. They're playing very well right now. Yes, they can finish in the top six. Number three in the table, Arsenal. Same old Arsenal. <laughs> and you'd think that bringing in David Luiz from Chelsea this season 
would have helped the way they play defense, and it's not changing anything at all. It, it didn't do anything. It seems like David Luiz more formed to Arsenal the way they play, rather than saying, no, 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 this is a, the great defensive style I've always played at Chelsea, and bringing that along. Now, hey, they're scoring goals. I like it. They're finishing in the final third, but they're also giving up goals at an unbelievable rate as well. So Arsenal, they're going to score a lot. They're going to give up a lot up, especially on the road. Uh, Arsenal, same old Arsenal. Number two, Man City, already falling behind. I gave it out on this show. I gave it out on Wise Money Sports. I have been riding Liverpool since the beginning of the season. I think they're going to be leading at the Christmas break. I think they're going to win the Premier League. And if you look at the uh, the odds right now, Liverpool has gone from plus 150 to minus 150 in a week. I mean, last week before Man City lost to the Wolves, they were still the favorite to win the Premier League, which I think is ridiculous. If you look at different ratings websites, dratings.com, 538.com, all of these websites have Liverpool behind Man City. I think that is absolutely false. I think Liverpool's the best team, and Man City already falling behind. It's inevitable. It's going to happen this year. This is the Reds' year. And moving on to the number one team, hey, it's their year. If they somehow choke this thing away... That is on Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. They have a better roster. They're playing with, I think, motivation this season. They won the Champions League last year, which means, I think that's actually huge that Liverpool won the Champions League last year. They have nothing to prove in the Champions League. And it's a big part of my handicaps that Liverpool now can focus on the Premier League. What happens very often in soccer is when teams have European soccer, like we just talked about, right? The Champions League, Europa League, sometimes they'll prioritize winning Europa League or Champions League over their domestic league, right? We saw this last year with um, uh, Burnley. Burnley finished in the top six two years ago. Last season, it almost got them relegated. They played horrible to end the series, to end the year in the Premier League. And I think it was primarily because they were so focused on Europa. It killed them. This season, we're seeing that happen to the Wolverhampton Wonders. They're focusing on Europa, not playing nearly as well in the Premier League. So, I think Liverpool not having to focus on the Champions League and putting all their eggs into the Premier League will certainly help them win this thing. I, I, I thought it before the season. It's even stronger now. Liverpool, it's their year. All right, that does it for the three-word game. Thanks, Colin Coward, for letting us just completely steal that one from you. And, uh, yeah, that does it. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.